Aliens Explored is a podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? 23rd of March 1966 in Oklahoma, a civilian pilot and former newspaper publisher witnessed a wingless, fish-shaped UFO. It seemed to be operated by a human being, but it took off at incredible speeds. Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we discuss the interesting case of William Laxon and the wingless UFO. Hello listeners and welcome back to Aliens Explored, your weekly look about at, uh, all the things your governments are hiding from you about their contact with people from other worlds and other dimensions. Uh, we, we know there's a conspiracy out there. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your co-conspirator, Stu Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely, definitely stuff going on. I mean, whether the governments themselves know... That's another matter. Well, that, that's where yeah, conspiracy comes in, isn't it? But uh, so this week we're going to look at another um, an area for for conspiracy. This time involving the the U.S. Air Force, um, an, an old adversary of ours, and we're going to talk about the um, the the UFO that apparently landed at Shepard Air Force Base back in 1966. Well, it was just outside the. It, it was close to the Air Force Base, um, just mm. outside. Now, this is um, uh, this is an area. I think it happened about eight miles south of a town called Temple mm. in Oklahoma. Um, but certainly, it was a. It was an one of the Air Force Base's uh, pilots, uh, civilian mm-hmm. pilot, and electrical instructor, electrical engineering instructor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe, yeah, uh, William Laxon uh, is driving along, uh, minding his own business at five o'clock in the morning, as you do, mm-hmm. uh, on driving west on Highway 70. Always puts me in mind of that um, mm. uh, that Route 66 song. <laughs> when I, when I say this is like... Except this is- <laughs> driving on Highway 70. I don't know, we don't have mm. highways. We, we have motorways here. Um, we have motorways, yeah, and 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 they have numbers, but we just say the M1 or the M6. Well, the closest we get to um, having a song like Route 66 is uh, Chris Rear's song uh, "Road to Hell," which is about the M25 motorway around London. Oh well, uh, Billy Bragg did do a good version of Route 66 based on, I think it was the the was it the A2 or the A10. Really? If you, yeah, if you ever plan to, to head out west, take the highway that goes via Shoebury Ness. <laughs> <laughs> it's for, very Essex. <laughs> uh, anyhow, back on, we, we've digressed again. Um, yeah, so so 
Shepherd Shepherd Air Force Base. Um, it's 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 hosted many different units, but for a long time, and I believe at that time it had become part of the Air Training Wing. The, fly, right. the flying, flying training. Yes, the flying, the three thousand six hundred thirtieth. How many training wings have they got? Three thousand six hundred thirtieth flying training wing was activated in nineteen sixty five, and it assumed the helicopter training program. Also, undergraduate pilot training in the T thirty seven and Northrop T thirty eight Talon for the for the West German Air Force because it's a base uh, for for not just U.S. personnel but uh, NATO and other allies. Um, they were training pilots for the Republic of Vietnam from 1971 to 1975. Much good did it do them. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, we're talking about a flying training wing, and where where is it based? It's um, well, just to be, just to be clear, it's not the Air Force base itself that's the focus of the story, though, is it? it it's someone who works at the Air Force base. Um, yeah, it could, it could be. Um, it could be why it's so difficult to find anything about it about the 1966. <laughs> well, this is an obscure story. Um, so, so what happened? You, you've got this chap, William mm-hmm. Laxon. Um, he's driving along, like I say, 5 a.m., uh, Highway 70, when ahead of him, the road is completely blocked by this strange silver aluminium type coloured aircraft mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm saying aircraft hesitantly because there's no wings on it um, it's, it's, he described it as being fish shaped like a, a perch mm-hmm. um, it's in the road it's, That's it's for, the, quite... for, the, for the anglers in our audience yeah, <laughs> like, like a perch <laughs> like a perch mm-hmm. um, it's 75 foot long nearly 8 foot high um, it's on landing gear it's it's quite wide it's it's 12 foot wide it's got a plexiglass bubble on top mm-hmm. um a two foot diameter porthole uh, a four foot tall door bright lights forward and at the back um mm. and do you know what it puts me in mind of do you remember the old um messerschmitt bubble cars yes it sounds like a much, much bigger version of one of them. But um, the way you've described it, it, it sounds like the fuselage of of a, a, a bomber or something of that sort of era yeah. you know, with, the, with the plexiglass kind of dome on the top where, where someone with the, the, the top gunner would peep out. Yes, um, that that's definitely a good call. Um, mm. So Laxon stops his car about 300 feet away. Mm-hmm. Uh, walks towards it. He notices there's some writing in the side. Now, this is English letters. This is not alien lettering, mm. uh, or at least he recognises it. It's something like, you know, TL138 or TL738 or mm. TLA something or another. And, you know, he, he, he can't quite T- make it T- TLA? It's either uh- TLA... As in, or, do you know what TLA stands for? Uh, no. Three-letter acronym. Of course, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So the joke's on him. We used it's to taken joke. over 50 years. but <laughs> I should have known that one, because yeah. in the automotive industry, we always used to joke, too many TLAs. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, we, we, we'd have meetings, and we'd say, we need to sort out the TLAs. And they said, well, what's that, three-letter acronyms? Yeah. 
So it's either, yeah, TLA138 or 738 or TL4138 or, yeah, um, he's not entirely sure. But it's something like that. But he sees a man. He sees this bloke with a baseball cap Hmm. um, in military fatigues, inspecting the underside of it with a flashlight, uh, who gets into it. And it lifts up vertically with a, a hissing sound. So, so when th- this guy saw him coming and went, "Oh shit!" and jumped back in, and he's uh... basically, yeah. And it, oh, and it, oh, oh, it, I've been rumbled. I'm, I'm it, out of here. Oh, he jumps in, shuts the door, whizzes off into into another dimension. But and it really does whiz off. So it takes off, like I say, with this hissing sound to about a height of fifty foot, mm-hmm. um, and then it heads off in a southeast direction at. Um, about 720 miles per hour. Huge speed. Um, yeah, yeah, for well, not for a jet fighter of that era, but you know, well, no, but, speed of, but that's 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 going above the speed of sound, isn't it? Without causing a sonic boom, yeah. There's an electrostatic effect as this thing takes off, so basically, all the hairs on his arms sort of stood up. Hmm. Um, there's no traces of it on the floor, but yeah, and if it's landed on the road and it's got landing feet, that would but, be... but the guy actually looked like he could have been U.S. Air Force personnel, just yeah, from the, the, the fatigues and the cap, yep. and baseball cap he was wearing, and and yep. uh, yeah, there's another witness to this, though, a truck driver, um, who uh reported having been followed by this UFO. Then saw it stop or and and go off again, mm-hmm. um, and there's a, a allegedly a third truck driver as well uh, who sort of claimed a similar thing, claimed to have seen it. Um, but a really weird story, this one. We're, we're obviously mm. not talking about extraterrestrial beings here. Um, we're certainly talking about technology that we don't have and certainly didn't have then, or as far as we know, maybe the US government does have those technologies and it was a secret, but, but to land it on a, on a, on a public highway, even if it's a fairly deserted one, um, when, when, there clearly wasn't that much wrong with it. I mean, it was just, I just need to make it just a really pernickety pilot that, Oh, I don't like that rattling. I think I need to land so I can tighten that bolt. And he sort of jumps out and lands it in a really indiscreet place, jumps out, gets his spanners out, starts tightening it up. And then, Oh shit, we've been rumbled. Jumps (laughs) back in his craft and and buggers off and and lets everyone, everyone see. I mean, yeah, that's not very discreet. So, well, it's 5 a.m. in the morning. Um, hmm. You know, I agree. It's not very discreet, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm struggling to think of a reasonable, rational explanation short of it was some sort of UFO technology or that's been reverse engineered. Or, or it was actually an extraterrestrial. He just happened to look like us. That's a possibility. Um, it could have been an extraterrestrial in disguise. Maybe they, you know, they they look enough like us to to walk among us. So I can. Um, do you remember the Invaders? Yes, a Quinn yes, Martin do. production. <laughs> yeah, and they would walk. They, they, you can only tell them tell they were not us because um, 
then a, a, a pinky finger that wouldn't bend or something. And, and uh, yes, and then when the they died, only had the three fingers. So yeah, they, they had this they fake finger, finger didn't, uh, didn't bend. <laughs> <laughs> and when they died, they would just evaporate and leave a black stain on the floor or wall. Um, yeah. Now this, this episode was mentioned um, on a show that we, we're, we're going to review at some time on um, top secret UFO projects, colon, Declassified. Sorry, that's a colon as a punctuation mark, not not uh, <laughs> not, not your actual classic. So, yeah, <laughs> so top secret UFO projects declassified, which is um, on Netflix. It's a six parter, um, and someone put a link at a, a Google. The, the, I found it on Google. Someone said last night I was watching top secret UFO projects declassified and was surprised to see my town stroke city featured in the show. So Shepherd Air Force Base. It's it's just. Um, it's not far from from Wichita, Texas, is it? It's um, um, located five miles, that's eight kilometers for our European listeners, north of the central business district of Wichita Falls in Wichita County, Texas. The I've largest got this as being Oklahoma, is that um, the same? I don't thing? know how far that I don't know how far that is from Oklahoma. I mean, maybe, yeah, he was outside the base, but actually over the over the border. Because this actually happened eight miles south of, like I say, mm. Temple in Oklahoma. Um, but he, right. but he, he did work at. Um, we, we need to. Air Force we need Base. to get a. There, there is a map, um, and it looks like. Yeah, it looks like it's right on the border. Right. Texas, Oklahoma, Wichita. I'd have to. Actually, let's. Uh, let's. Google Maps, just for a quick... <laughs> okay. So I, I need to... Well, um, why are you doing that? So, yeah. Um, I mean, this this is probably one of the more unusual cases that you, you get. Um, hmm. And yes, I mean, you, you sorry, yes, you mentioned about um, uh, top secret UFO projects declassified. We are actually going to be doing a review of that series in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, we so are yes. Might want to listen out for that one, mm. uh, we'll or, or maybe maybe on it. maybe watch the show if you have got um, if you've if you've got uh, Netflix uh, or if Netflix you um, it, it's Netflix in the UK. I don't I don't know about other countries. Right. I'll, we'll look that up ready for the review. Or so, if yeah, you so, so which sorry? faith in in our opinions, um, then maybe wait for our review first before mm. watching it. <laughs> so Wichita Falls is almost midway between um, Fort Worth and Dallas and um, to the south and Oklahoma City to the north. It's just right. near the okay. Oklahoma border before it sort of curves up towards Amarillo. So, okay. Now, one thing I'm, I'm quite surprised you haven't put forward a theory on mm. is that he just didn't notice the wings. Um. That's. I mean, it's. It sounds like it's a vertical takeoff aircraft, yes. which certainly Big. certainly existed at that time. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was actually Britain that pioneered it, wasn't it? The, with Harrier the, with jump the, jet with the Harrier jump jet, which was yeah. which has been widely sold, um, um, including to the United States. United States. Um, and they do have very short wings. They the do have very short, jet, stubby very wings. Yeah, they sloped don't... downwards. Dramatically, 
Yeah, and yeah, they 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 played a big part in the in the Falklands War back in 1982. Although they were getting on a bit then, and I think they've largely the, the kind of role they fulfil has largely been replaced by um, helicopter gunships. The Apache helicopter probably they have obsolete. Uh, but the 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 difficulty, and I can I can sort of see the potential for a misidentification with something like the Harrier jump jet. Mm. But one thing we can say for certain is that the noise it makes when it takes off uh, cannot be described as a hissing noise. No, it's a, it's a loud, a very loud roar of a jet. It really, really is. The amount of thrust those things have to generate. Apparently they use a ridiculous mm. amount of fuel. I bet, uh, I believe which I it, can yeah. imagine, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so I'm not, um, I'm not buying into it being a standard sort of terrestrial vertical. Well, and certainly, certainly, Shepherd Air Force Base isn't a place where they they test prototype aircraft. It's where they train people in, also in lots of non-flying roles. They train a lot of mechanics and technicians there. And, and that indeed is what William Laxon's job was, was as mm. an electrical uh, yeah. trainer. Although he was himself uh, a pilot as well. Mm. Uh, at the time of this incident, he'd racked up something like 8,000 flying hours. Mm. Uh, so not inexperienced when it comes to aircraft. Mm. Uh, also worth mentioning, he was a former newspaper publisher as well. Right, um, I, I can see a motive creeping in here. Really? I would Great. say it makes him a good witness. I would say, yeah, it makes him a good witness, but also gives him a motive to embellish a story. You think that's what's going on here? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he, if he, if 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 he can be taken at his word. If we can, we can trust that that what he saw is a, what, what he's described is a good description of what he saw. Then, no, that doesn't really match anything that we know about, does it? Well, let's let let's look at that in context. You know, nineteen sixty six. People are. Th- this is a time when people are massively ridiculed, but by because of deliberate government um, hmm. tactics uh, people are roundly ridiculed and and mocked for suggesting the existence of UFOs or aliens or anything like that um, he's not going to gain anything financially by doing this certainly it doesn't relate to his hmm. if it was still a newspaper publisher alright I could hmm. give that some some credence, but he's not. He's he's training people on how to be, you know, do electrics on aircraft. Mm. Um, that's not going to get him more work. <laughs> talking about something like this, no, no. Unless he, unless he, that job wasn't going too well, and he thought, "How can I relaunch my my publishing career with a bang?" Sorry, um, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm fishing here. I'm just I'm just yeah I'm. I'm um, I'm grasping. I'm, I'm casting around for anything that might come to hand. Anything that's just a moment. now. Yes, I mean you mentioned about people being ridiculed. This was part of the the Project Blue Book, 
Um, I mean, you will come across this in episode one or two of the Netflix series, if you have access to it where you are, um, that, that there was there was a concern that reportings, they were so concerned at the time about enemy aircraft encroaching on US, US um, airspace that they, they were worried that they would be so overwhelmed with calls about UFOs because people have misidentified the moon or a, or a cloud or something um, that um, that amidst all that amidst all that noise, they they would lose a report about real enemy aircraft coming. Apparently, there was that because it's the air force. That's what they're concerned about, aren't they? They're concerned about defending um, American airspace. Uh, that that makes sense. Um, but even Project Blue Book, which was famed for uh, being very dismissive, should hmm. we say? Of uh, or at least publicly, anyway. Mm. Um, even Project Blue Book looked at this case and said, "Nope, that's a strange one, and we can't answer it." So they they filed it away and didn't talk about it because I, I, I believe yes. the Air Force personnel were, were instructed only to discuss cases where a where a, a mundane or prosaic terrestrial cause had been identified. Yes, yes, that um, was but, very much the instruction. But there's also, um, it's an interesting part of the military psyche. When, when I was in the military, when I was in, based in Cyprus, a very popular book that was being passed around, we get it out from our, our, our base library, it was called, it's a book by a, a guy called Dixon, D-I-X-O-N, called On the Psychology of Military Incompetence. And it's why what's what's in the military mindset that causes them to make such colossal fuck up sometimes. Um, and, and one of the tendencies of the military mindset is that if you're faced, I mean, people, it's the way intelligence is disseminated. If I if I tell you something that's that's quite close to what you already thought was the case or fits in with everything else you 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 know about something or believe about something, you're far more likely to believe it than if I tell you something that actually flies in the face of all that you thought you knew, even if you're, even if you're holding that was fairly tenuous. And we've seen that in military history. We saw it with uh, General Montgomery um, when he was planning Operation Market Garden, taking the four bridges over the Rhine in Holland. And he was told that the fourth bridge, the, the northernmost bridge at Arnhem, which was to be taken by British paratroopers, he was suddenly told, well, suddenly received intelligence from the Dutch resistance that there was an SS Panzer Division parked nearby on the Velu, and he just decided, well, what would a what would an SS Panzer Division be doing there? The answer was they'd been taken out of the line for arrest, but um, he just decided he didn't believe it. We saw it again in Vietnam, General Westmoreland, right from when American troops first. When, when America first sent in ground troops, he was sending reports back to Washington that we're winning this war, we're beating these, we're beating these insurgents, we're, we're getting them hands out. Send me more men, um, and we'll, we'll have this thing wrapped up. Basically, we're winning this war. That's the narrative. Suddenly, in February 1968, he received intelligence that a large insurgent force had infiltrated Saigon and Huey in readiness for a massive offensive. And of course, it didn't fit with what he'd been telling Washington and what he'd decided. So he just ignored it. So um, Americans were completely caught with their pants down when the Tet Offensive was launched. Um, and and that, that is that military mindset to just, oh, I don't know what it is, so I'm just going to pretend it's not there. Or it doesn't fit. So it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Or we, we can't counter this, so it doesn't exist. 
So maybe they, they are just, you know, we, we know that you know, we don't want to admit that there are UFOs because we wouldn't know what to do about it. We have, because if, if I tell the president that we, we have these, these beings or these craft um, coming into our airspace regularly, um, flying over sensitive areas, watching what we're doing, the next thing the president's going to say is, well, what are you going to do about it? Mm. And I'm going to say, well, I don't know. And they say, yeah, but it's your job. <laughs> you're fired. I'll get someone else. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right there. And it, I, I don't think it's just the US military that's, that's guilty of that. I'm, I'm pretty sure the British have been. Oh, it's, it's it's the military psyche. I mean, Montgomery, obviously a British general. Yeah. Um, and and do you know what? I, I even think would go as far as to say that sounds like it's not just the military. It it's more of a human condition. It's a human condition. I guess it, it it comes more to the fore. In I mean, the military mindset is fairly rigid in many ways, mm-hmm. unimaginative, but I suppose in many ways just like a corporate mindset. But they can suddenly find themselves in a position where they're under great pressure to do something very quickly and where there are no procedures. They just don't know what to do. Yeah, well, we, I think we can all be, uh, uh, certainly I can be guilty of uh, confirmation bias hmm. um, at times, especially like when it comes to UFOs, you know, because I want I want to see a UFO. I don't want to see a flock of geese. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I want to see that it's an extraterrestrial craft. So that's what I say. I mean, I, I, hmm. I, I, I flatter myself that, I'm not too bad. Certainly there are people out there who are um, more susceptible to confirmation bias. But, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, we're, we're all, we're all capable of that. Anyway, we've, we've digressed mm. quite massively. There. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, no, it's good to get that sort of that insight and that, um, mm. um, that background, but let's, Let's summarise our thoughts on this um, this situation with uh, poor old William Laxon. Mm. Um, so, what do you think, Neil? Is it is it an extraterrestrial vehicle that is seen? Is it a an experimental craft? Is it is it what is it? What's he seen? I, I don't know. I mean, based on that, what what he described. I mean, maybe. Yeah, you know, he, he's he's got he's so used to being around an air force base that he just automatically looked for similarities. He just looked for ways in which it might be um, an American aircraft of some kind. The lettering on the side, the the way the guy was dressed, the the craft itself, just the way it was built with the you know, the, with the little turret on the top. Um, yeah, he's describing what looks like the fuselage of of a, an aircraft of of that era or earlier. Um, that's what he saw, but then it, it behaved in a way that that he wasn't used to seeing. Um, I don't know what he saw. He he either saw something that was extraterrestrial, or he saw something terrestrial, but which had capabilities that he was unaware that um, any any of our aircraft had. And what was it doing there on the road anyway? What, what was this? well? That's because just quite just a mystery. Sort of, uh, in of itself, um, although you know, I think 
when you're dealing with an aircraft, you know, if it's got a problem, you need to deal with that shit there, you know, yeah. as soon as possible. You don't just <laughs> like, oh, oh, there's a funny old rattle. Oh, look, there's smoke coming from the engine. Well, it'll be fine. I'll just carry on. You know, it's not like it's not like my, you know, 15-year-old car. <laughs> no, so he, he just said, well, actually, let's just sit down here quickly. I'll spray some WD-40 on the on the, yeah. on the flux, ca- flux capacitor and, and we'll be off. Actually, one thing that reminds me of... Slap a bit of duct tape on it. Yeah, it'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we talked about the TV series The Invaders. Uh, when did that launch? That must have been around oh, that time. Yeah, that was always, in the 60s, yeah. It was in the 60s, and it always started with this guy on, on a lonely road. He decides to take a shortcut on this on this lonely road, <laughs> and that's where he sees this UFO coming down. He's all, <laughs> um, And that must have been on television all the time at the time he saw this. So here he is on this lonely road Maybe. and suddenly sees something. He thinks, ah, oh, it's... You know, I wonder if he did expect he was going to be murdered by an invader. They had that thing, didn't they, that they'd put on your neck and it would kill you. <laughs> but then he saw a person who didn't see an alien invader. Um, um, so... Well, it, that, that's what they look like in, in the invaders. Get, to, yeah. save, to save on prosthetics and makeup, and <laughs> they look like us. You've got a point. I mean, I'm, I'm going to theorise that what this is was was man-made. It mm. was a terrestrial vehicle, but reverse engineered from UFO technology. Um, I can, I can, I'm, I'm absolutely confident that that's happened and is happening to this day. And, um, and that's where we part ways. They have <laughs> crashed yeah, UFOs that technology they must that... have taken apart, figured out how they work, or. As best they can. I mean, you know, look at Bob Lazar and the work he's done. You know, mm. um, so yeah, I that's what I think. Uh, but what do you think, listeners? Uh, this is an obscure case. Had you even heard of it? Um, I hadn't I, heard of I, it. I, I had, and even when I tried to look it up, couldn't find anything about it. I, I could yeah. find, yeah, I, could, I know where Shepherd Air Force Base is, and I could find lots of. Um, Lots of more recent sightings. There was one, um, I think it was in the in the Daily Express, that Google Earth had picked up what looked like um, an aircraft with a cloaking device. That you can see two aircraft there, and one of them is virtually invisible. Yes, we're going one to be discussing is... that very case in a in uh, a future episode. Well, I, I won't blow my, <laughs> I won't blast my opinion I'll out. I'll stop there. you there. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So, but yes, well, I mean, UFO sightings around Air Force bases is not an uncommon thing. Um, but yeah, this was uh, this was definitely a bit more unusual. So yes, listeners, mm. do let us know if you've heard of it before. If you haven't heard of it, what you think this thing could have been? Because we're a little bit stumped here on Aliens Explored. Um, yeah, you can let us know via the usual means. You can email us, aliensexplored at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, or you can find our website, aliensexplored.com. Uh, and if you could leave us a cheeky review wherever you listen to your podcast as well, that really helps uh, small little podcasts like ours. Now, next week, we've got something a little bit different. Next week is episode 80, and we're not going to be doing our usual kind of episode, but instead, it's all hush-hush at the moment, but we have a big, 
huge, massive announcement next week, haven't we, Neil? We have. Uh, and we can't say any more than that. <laughs> so uh, that, You notice how I, I said nothing more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, absolutely so we yes we have to keep it under wraps for now but uh, but you definitely don't want to miss episode 80 because we'll be uh, yeah we'll be uh, sharing something very very exciting with you all uh, so in the meantime uh, keep watching those whatever the hell they are blocking the road ahead of you and, and keep disbelieving those official explanations. <laughs> <laughs> and keep watching this guys. Take care for now. Bye-bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com. <laughs>